All right, everybody, before we get started, just wanted to do a quick content warning. Um, in this episode, we are going to be uh, discussing uh, rape and uh, domestic abuse. So if those are uh, triggers for you, just wanted to give you a heads up. All right, everybody, welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Aaron, And I'm Clayton. And I'm your romance novel veteran. And I'm your virgin. And we're your hosts. Guys, this was a, this was a big week for us. Yes. Clayton has been very ill. Uh-huh. So that was that's one part of it. That's not the happy part. Um, but if you remember two episodes back, Clayton had some very tough news that he had to deliver. Oh yeah. Well, I I had I had proclaimed that we had lost our Wyoming listener. Mm-hmm. I was very upset about it. Um, but that turns out not to be the case. Because we heard from our Wyoming listener. And Erin, do you want to read the messages yeah. that we so received? So she DM'd us on Instagram, um, and she wrote, Oh my God, no. I listen every week, literally every week. I don't download the episodes, I guess, but I definitely stream them. Also, I got married two days ago, so I'm just listening to epi- to the episode on the 10th. You guys are my fave. You're doing great. <laughs> I'm sorry. So <laughs> I got so needy and desperate. This is like the biggest time in her life probably mm-hmm. and i was <laughs> complaining that she didn't for like a week listen to us and the best is how she's apologizing she's like yes. i'm sorry yeah i should have listened i had yeah. i had to throw a giant party for all of my friends and family and all of my husband's friends and family something she'd been planning probably her whole life yeah. or at least for the last at least six months or yeah. year yeah and then here I come in. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Listen to my podcast. <laughs> it's been uh, six whole days. Six days. Yeah. I'm refreshing Podbean. <laughs> um, so I wrote back, congratulations on your wedding, because I knew what the important information was and what she was telling me. And then I said, thank you for listening. I told Clayton you were probably just busy. Who was right? Me. Yes, very busy. I guess she was out of town. And then she wrote back, um, thanks, but tell Clayton my wedding high has died because he thought I left you guys. Oh, so, <laughs> not only, so I ruined her wedding and probably her honeymoon. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Is this, do you think, like, the, their first night together as a husband and wife, and she's just like, I just, I can't believe they thought that I stopped listening. It's just, it means a lot to them. <laughs> It does mean a lot to us. I really hope that that did not happen. <laughs> um, so I said, he will be legit upset. I can't tell him that because I knew you were already on death's door. And then uh, she wrote, uh, I love any shout out you guys give Wyoming as long as you know I'm a loyal listener. Um, and then she sent us pictures of the most stunning wedding I've ever seen. Yes. Not only was the scenery stunning, mm-hmm. but her and her husband should be on a romance novel cover. Yes. They could be models for the cover. They are both stunning. Mm-hmm. So I want to say congratulations yes. to both of you. To uh, Cassie in Wyoming. Yes. And Thank her you. husband mm-hmm. and her gorgeous husband. Um, I'm sorry <laughs> if I distracted <laughs> at all from this beautiful event. This podcast is about uh, bringing love to people. Um, you know, and I don't want to be distracting with my neediness. So you can listen if you want to or don't. 
uh, you have romance in your life, with it, which is beautiful. Thank you for sharing those pictures with us. That is amazing. Um, and yeah, I'm embarrassed, <laughs> and um, I'm going to stop talking now. But yeah, congratulations to Cassie in Wyoming and your husband, and we hope you have a, a lifetime of happiness. Yes, absolutely. And yeah. Wyoming is gorgeous. I mean, these pictures, honestly, like, they're both beautiful, but then it looks like the backdrop was painted. Like, it doesn't look real. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, yeah, stunning. All right. Anyway, yeah. So that was, we had to really get through that at the top. We did. We did. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> So should we jump into the deal? Yeah, by L. Kennedy. So, so it's off-campus book number one. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so I thought that was a question. No, I was just trying to <laughs> say that. And they live off campus, I guess, right? Yeah, he lives off campus. I mean, I think I looked forward in what the other books are about, and they're all about like different hockey players. Okay. Finding love. Oh yeah. Um, and so this was recommended to us a few times. It was an email recommendation from Renee, an Insta rec from um, Naima Simone and Juliet Cross, and um, from Rebecca RN1 as well on Instagram. So a bunch of people told us to read this. And before we get into it, what do you think of the cover? So you have two covers here. The one that I had um, was on my Kindle was just the abs. Well, not just the abs, his chest. Mm-hmm. No face, abs. Did not, like, did not look like he's wearing hockey pants or anything. No, just so, jeans. So, yeah, nothing that would really define him as, like, a hockey player. He should have been wearing, like, hockey pads, I feel like. Just, just so we knew there was hockey involved. Bare-chested. Or if he was just, like, holding a puck. Yeah, just holding a puck. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, or like, yeah, so that would have been good. Um, the second one is a woman looks like has a, uh, a giant whistle hanging next to her, not on her, but next to her. It almost looks like just like from her hair, but the whistle's too big. It's too big. The whistle's the size of her face. Yeah. The whistle is almost the size of her face. So who knows where that's coming from? Um, wearing kind of a Jersey, but not really. And then, um, Panties and it looks like um, knee highs, thigh highs, thigh highs, thigh highs. You're right, thigh highs because it's a cover of thighs. So the neither of these v- scream to me hockey, mm-hmm. and I do wish that they were, you know, more hockey focused. Although I know that hockey's part of it and not the main part of it, but it is a big part of it, and I think that's one of the things that would draw people in. So I'm not huge into these covers. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, it's funny because I think that like the ab one is definitely like very sexy. And I like I do like it. But you're right. It doesn't really tell you anything about the book. I don't know. The other one where she's like straddling on a bed. It makes it also look like it is more erotica than it is. Mm-hmm. Like this is like definitely like a sexy book. And yes. they have sex and it's open door and whatever. But it's not. I don't know. I felt like. And also. As we've learned, too, a lot of times 
the author doesn't have a choice. The author doesn't have a choice, but the hero and heroine aren't really being portrayed on the cover. Yes. And it's like, this doesn't scream Hannah to me either. It just doesn't seem like something she would necessarily do. No. Yeah. Anyway, that's sad. Clayton, what did you think? Or wait, what was it about? Yeah, Clayton, what was it about? So this book is about Hannah Wells and Garrett Graham. Hannah is, uh, she, she, okay, so hold on. Hannah Wells, Garrett Graham. Garrett needs to uh, pass a class. He enlists Hannah to help him. Uh, she is in love with a football player named Justin, who Garrett thinks is a douchebag, but doesn't matter. Um, and she <laughs> wants to f- find a way to date Justin. So Garrett's like, hey, how about you tutor me? Uh, and we'll pretend we're going out together so that Justin will get jealous and want to date you. And so that happens. But then, guess what? Garrett falls for Hannah. And then... There's a lot of darkness that descends on them. Um, Garrett's dad is very bad dad. Very bad dad. Yeah, this is like prototype bad dad. Yeah. Hannah has uh, a history of assault, rape in her past. And both these things kind of are keeping them away from uh, relationships, true relationships. And they are able to um, overcome that to get together. Yeah. So that's basically it. But there is, at the end, uh, a bump in the road, which I was very uh, kind of annoyed by. But we'll get to that. Right? <laughs> Do you, know what I'm t- you know what I'm talking about, right? Which one? What? Well, it, almost at the end of this book, Garrett's dad comes and says, oh. I, I don't want you to be with my son. And then she does it. Oh, yeah, I remember. So, so here's the thing about this book. Um, well, what did you think of it, first off? I liked it. I liked it pretty much from the jump. This it does fall into the trap of uh, a lot of contemporaries where they end up being in first person present, which I don't love. I don't love that that point of view just because I don't know. It it's just it's a lot of seeing the word I on the page, which is like so small, but it's also like just annoying to me. And then I don't, it just isn't as like atmospheric or interesting as I really want it to be. Because at the end of the day, it's just the point of view of this person. It's like the point of view of like a hockey player who's like fine, but he's not particularly um, intelligent. Yeah. And so I, but I overcame that pretty quickly. I really liked it. I thought it was, you know, part of it is that Hannah was assaulted when she was in high school and sort of the fallout from that means she can't really go home. Um, to where her parents live. So she is stuck on campus. Um, And I really liked sort of her portrayal as um, uh, someone who had been a victim of assault and the way that she sort of dealt with it. And I think it's something that could be really cliche. And there's a lot of ways that that could go wrong. And I feel like it was hell. It was um, dealt with really well um, in a sort of a really in a real way of her obviously still having issues with sex, not wanting to have those issues from se- for with sex, but still um, sort of facing them head on. And it showed her as being like a very brave person. And I, uh, you know, appreciated that. What did you think? Well, I was not on board for this book for a very long time at the beginning. Then I got invested. 
Then I got uninvested again at the end. Okay. This book was too long. This book was over 300 pages. It did not need to be. I feel a lot of things are too long, though. I feel like most movies are too long. Most TV seasons are too long. All art is too long a lot of times. <laughs> and the problem with the, for me with this book at the very beginning is that it's very quippy. All the characters just, de- just speak in quips, and they're not necessarily very funny. Now, they sometimes were funny-ish, but there was no surprise to any of the humor. Nobody had a distinct sense of humor that really made me say, that person's actually funny. This just felt like everybody was saying a funny line that could have gone to anybody else, Um, which does not make me interested in these characters. Also, they're very young, so, uh, you know, especially the guys, they're very horny. They're talking about pussy and stuff like that. That's fine. Like, I feel like I'm too old for that. And also, even when I was that age, if I ever talked like that with my friends, it was ironically... And this doesn't seem ironic in any way. They just seem like macho jerks. Um, But I did, like you said, I think the interesting part of this is when the two of them start to fall in love and he becomes vulnerable with her about the abuse that his mom and he uh, dealt with with the father. And she opens up about her assault, which is very devastating in the effects of her on her and also on her family because they got so they uh the person who did it did not serve any time did not go to jail or anything cuz one of his parents was a judge yeah it was all you know it's the it's a it's a crooked system and then the parents got sued her uh, parents got sued i'm sorry her parents got sued for uh what was it defamation or something and lot and like all the money that they had was gone, and so they can't really uh, the the dad can't afford to retire. Um, she can't really afford to be going to school. I think she has a, a scholarship or something, and so it was like really devastating. And also, she can't like you said go home because all these different people are 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 there, and they look at the family as uh, pariahs, uh, which is a horrible situation to be in let alone the personal problems. So when they started falling in love, they were binge-watching Breaking Bad on uh, DVD. Which, when did this come out? Do you know what year this book came out? I don't know. Do you want me to look it up? You don't have to. But uh, I thought that was interesting that they weren't just on Netflix. But, um, but also, like, that could have been, like, ten years ago. Mm, ten years ago? I don't know. Ten years ago. Uh, I when, when Breaking Bad come out? I guess it started 10 years ago, yeah. yeah. But anyway, so that was funny. But anyway, I like that. That was kind of like a true-to-life thing that, you know, they started hanging out. They were watching a, a show, you know, and then they started to fall in love. I thought the sex was really sexy, actually. I was very surprised how sexy the sex was. I was very into that. Um, but then at the end, you had uh, – they decide to go out together – and I was like, that should be it. But then we have the Thanksgiving with the dad. And then we have him beating his girlfriend, or we know that he's beating his new girlfriend because we can see the bruises under her sleeves. Then there's the whole thing where the guy who testified against Hannah shows up at the hockey game and Garrett beats him up. 
And then we have the dad coming in saying, don't be with my son. And, and Hannah does it. It's too much. It was too much. It was too much going on. It should have ended a lot sooner than it did. Yeah. Well, what frustrated me about that at the end, too, it's like all of this stuff happens and then it's all resolved because he's like, I turned 21, baby. I got my inheritance. So it's yes. like if you're not going to resolve it in a in a in a way that sort of matches the amount of shit that you put in front of the problem, then it just feels like you were trying to make the book longer. And then yes. you're like, and now I uh, actually know, never mind. I want it to be done where, yeah, I agree. It's, you know, maybe he should have had a scene with his father of him, like separating himself with his father. But like, I don't, it should have been, yeah, I agree. It should have been done earlier because also so much of the book that is the stuff that you remember of it is, um, is the part where, of them falling in love. It's that middle section. The middle yeah. section is the best part of this book. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that he was still, she was still thinking of maybe going on a date with Justin, kind of, kind of, because she was still a little scared. And, and, and Garrett was like, no way, no way, this isn't happening. But then at the end, when she says, uh, we're going too fast because the dad threatens her, her um, we're going too fast. I don't want to be with you. He's Garrett's pretty shitty about it because he keeps calling her and, and saying, well, how many guys have you been with? How many guys did you date? Blah, blah, blah. Mm, it's kind of a shitty react. I get it. He's young. But I was like, eh, Garrett, let's calm down a little bit, you know. And there was actually kind of a reason why he thought it could be uh, legitimate is because he beats up the guy that um, shows up that had – uh, testified against Hannah randomly. Like this is another thing that that's so totally random to bring this in to the book. And then the fact that she doesn't really get any kind of revenge. It's Garrett who beats the crap out of this guy made me be, I didn't like that as much either. Mm-hmm. Like she needed to have some sort of catharsis um, as opposed to him being a macho guy and just beating this dude. That seemed very one sided, you know? Yeah, and I think it was his fear that she saw him as turning into his father because he reacted because in that way, which is, I get that that would be a fear for Garrett, but I think it's, like, not really going to be a fear for her. The thing is, too, is, like, there are 20 mm-hmm. in this book for the most for the majority of the books. So it's like, they are so young. Yeah. That it is a little bit like him acting like a shithead afterwards sort of makes sense for me, too. Yeah. Um, it's just to be so far away from that makes I, – I don't relate to it anymore, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, because you're not 20? Yeah. Not, yeah. Rub it in. <laughs> I would not want to be 20, though. No, that's awful. Imagine being 20 nowadays. Mm. It, it'd be a horror show. It's exhausting. Yeah. But uh, I, I will say, even with the heavy themes – I was still able to enjoy the sexuality of this. And I think the characters also did, which I thought was refreshing. There would be something really heavy happen and then they would act out sexually. And I think that's realistic. I think sometimes people deal with heavy situations with a release. And if you're with somebody that you trust and uh, you can take your mind off of something with a little banging, then I think that's really cool. And I like that that's what happened with the two of them. And he was very good at gaining her trust and being gentle with her, which was super sexy. 
Well, that was this. That was the great part too. So she had when she first came to college, dated some asshole who couldn't make her come, and so she was like, "Oh, I'm broken. I can't come with a man." Which is also like, like you were dating a 20 year old, and he couldn't make you come. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. surprised. Yeah, and I also don't think that maybe had nothing to do with your assault. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it has something to do with 20 year old guys, but because she could come by herself, like she could masturbate. Oh, that was a cool scene. Where they masturbate together. Yeah, but that's... So she goes to him with this problem where she's like, I feel like I'm broken. And he's like, I feel like I'm broken too. Um, And she... He's like, my butt's got a crack in it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the kind of humor. (laughs) What if he would have said that to her? I'm broken too. I don't think... (laughs) My butt's got a crack in it. The way that he acted with like kissing his pecs and stuff like that i yeah i don't think that that's like above his sense of humor no 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 um but she comes to him and and sort of tells him about the assault which he hasn't told many people and then he instead of shying away and being like oh this is like kind of scary he really shows up for her um in that she wants to try to have sex and she wants to try to come with somebody who's going to be patient with her and take his time and I did love how studious he was about when she trusted him to do that. He really took the time and, like, researched having sex with virgins because he was like, well, I don't really know if this is something I can research. And so he really takes his time with her and goes really slow, um, which was amazing because then it also made the buildup for her and for us so much better when finally they do have sex. But before they have sex, they have a pretty great mutual masturbation mm-hmm. scene, which I love. That was very good. <laughs> um, what I think this book is is there's a really there's like a really great story about getting over your like past, uh, I get um, trauma uh, with somebody else that ha- is covered in some of these things that I don't like, which is those trying to be too witty comments, the uh, soap opera-ish twists to it, this uh, concert that I could give two shits about. Oh, yeah, the winter... It was so confusing, too. And it didn't mean anything to her. It did in a way to give her something like Garrett had, which... Um, she's a great singer, and he's a great hockey player. So I think it would have been unfair for her not to excel at something uh, other than just academia. And I think that was the the reason to give her that. But anytime it would be Cass and how Cass is beautiful, but he's a jerk and he can sing. Just like I did not care. That was padding as well. If you strip and it went away on for so long, yeah. If you strip away all that stuff. This is a really great uh, romance between two, uh, quote unquote, broken people, Mm -hmm. which I don't really believe in that. So they're not they thought they were broken, but they're obviously not broken. They've had things happen to them and they're not defined by those things happening to them. And so I would say read this book with those things in mind. And that might not be something that people have an issue with. They might be able to just go through and read the quips and not have any kind of negative reaction to it. I just had a very hard time getting invested. But once I got there, because 
one of the great things about this podcast is that I have to read these books. I can't put them down. Mm-hmm. I would have put this book down if not for the podcast. Well, because you texted me that you weren't feeling it, and I asked you where you were because mm-hmm. I'm like, eh, I do know he's going to get to a place, and then he's going to really like it. Yeah. But I agree that yeah, all of that stuff, it's just, just have her be preparing for a concert. Mm-hmm. All of that weird stuff where it's like he's going to bring in a choir. And then I spent so much time thinking because her thing is like she's supposed to sing a duet with this classmate who's like kind of ends up being an asshole. And he wants to change all these things in the song and he wants to bring in a choir. And I'm like, where are you getting a choir? Yeah. Are you paying the choir? Is this school also has a choir that you can just like ask these people to show up at any time for any concert and they just will? Yeah. Like it just seemed wild. Um and also, I did find it a little funny that it's like her parents are so hard up for cash and she's just going to school for performing arts, which is like, I appreciate it. Yeah, and go to a trade school if your parents are in such <laughs> I know. dire straits. Like learn a, yeah, maybe learn a trade, maybe get a business degree. I don't know. Cable but- TV repair. <laughs> Do something. I mean, air cable TV repair seems like it might be on the way out. I got air conditioning, AC. <laughs> Stuff you could do that, right? Yeah, but the part of me appreciated too. It's like, well, she's not giving up her dreams, she's still going for it, which yeah. is always admirable. And she does work very hard and she has like a couple jobs and stuff. And well, the father, his father, is a um, was a professional hockey player and a hero to a lot of people, but he's also a domestic abuser. And that was one of the things that Garrett really st- stuck with. Garrett is that, um, this guy's a hero to everybody, but he was nothing but a, a, a son of a bitch to him. So I think he gets some – we get like some closure with that. But the dad never gets arrested or anything. He just – they just ignore him after they win the championship. Like that's the big thing is that he wanted to congratulate the team and they just – nobody talks to him. And they drive away and the guy – and he's just standing there in the parking lot. Yeah, that's the thing, too, where it's hard to introduce uh, domestic abuse to the level that it seemed like this woman was being abused and then just not have the guy be arrested or Mm -hmm. something. But it is just like a bigger problem. It's more difficult in general, but it is just kind of, yeah, it it was sort of a wild thing to introduce. It's like it was true. It was like, my dad's rich and I need his money, but my grandpa's also rich (laughs) and I got his money. Which is great for Garrett, but he it also is not teaching him anything. It just he's just getting money from rich people, uh, rich family members. So I do think that if he would have lost everything and then had to work, that would have been more of a character build than hey, I'm just going to get all this money from my grandfather. Yeah, yeah. But I think his character did get built from taking care of Hannah. And uh, not taking care of her, um, just the way he was able to gently uh, make her feel sexy and uh, open uh, about her sexuality, I think was showed a lot of growth in him. And I think, too, the thing for him is like he was very afraid of turning into his father and was afraid of having those sort of intimate relationships for those reasons. Because it seems like he had date, like casually dated other girls, but not really. Well, in this book, he does. Uh, it's one of the rare books where we don't see it, but um, he uh, Hannah walks in with him uh, having sex with somebody, mm-hmm. and then previous to that, we there's a closed door blowjob. 
which I was worried this was going to be closed door when that happened, yeah. when he was getting a blowjob and we didn't see it. But I think it's just because it wasn't our heroine doing it. Therefore, we weren't supposed to see it. I was very, very excited when this was not closed door. You can't do a closed door. I don't – I'm not – as much as I say I'm about the romance in these books more than the sex, I still want the sex. Well, I think it's because in these books there is an element like when you take the sex away that it is a little bit less of a story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's like, especially in this book, the sex scenes are done so well and that they are very sexy. But also, like, it is always moving the story forward. You're learning about the characters. The characters are learning about each other. Like, there are plot things happening through the sex scene, too. So it's like, if you took this book and you just faded to black every time they were about to do something sexual, like, it would be a lesser book for it. Absolutely. Well, you're right. So this is, and I don't know if I've said this on a previous uh, episode, but... When one of the great pluses of this book is that the sex is moving the characters forward. And a lot of times these books don't have that. They have just sex and it's hot, but it's not showing any character movement. It's like if you have a musical and the songs aren't forwarding the plot. They're catchy songs, but they're not doing anything except for just taking space where actual character development could happen. And I think that's what a good romance novel can do is make the sex part of the story, which this does in a big way. And I think it's also that makes you more emotionally connected to what's happening, like it does for a song in a musical when it is a, a, a song that brings the characters from A to B. Because I think we've all well seen musicals that don't have that and then the music even if it's great music just feels like a waste of time and i've read books before where you know none for this podcast but just in life where the where the author was just sort of throwing in sex scenes and i would just find myself like skimming or moving forward because i'm just like i'm not connected to this i'm not interested in this as much as i like you know love sex on the page it's like i'm it's not interesting to me if it's just two people fucking for no reason Mm mm-hmm um, and this book was excellent at that. Yes. And I, yeah, I I get why people are so connected to this book. And I think also the humor was not our humor necessarily, uh-huh. but I think it is people's sense of humor. And I think it's like, there are people who read this and think it's very funny and witty. Yeah. And Which I, is fine. That's fine. Yeah. That's absolutely fine. <laughs> we'll allow you to enjoy something. <laughs> we won't take that. <laughs> yes. Well, big question. The biggest question. Would you fuck them? Here's the thing. They're 20. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know I have said previously that I, that's probably too young for me. But for yourself, Aaron, what would you what would you do? Here's Yeah. So they're 20. So if I'm thinking of like, were I also a 20-year-old? Okay. Then yes, for 100%. You would, both of them. Yeah. Even... With the baggage. Like, would you fuck Hannah post Garrett? I Well, I think the thing, too, is, like, w- when we ask this question, is it just, like, did we find them sexy? I think that's what I it found is. them sexy. Okay, you found them sexy. Like, where I would fit into the, all of it? I, no. I mean, I, okay. <laughs> I wouldn't. But I think, like, in, I found them both to be, like, sexy characters, and I was like, Yeah. But as a 35-year-old woman, no. Okay. 
Um, I would not Garrett because he's not funny. Sorry. That's a lot for you. Yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, he tries to be funny. He's not. That If he wasn't trying to be funny, then I wouldn't have a problem. I would probably fuck him. Do you think he comes from like the John Hamm thing of like he is just a very handsome, charismatic, good athlete. And so people laugh at the things he says. It's the whole Clooney school of Clooney like pulls pranks on uh, on the set. And people are like, oh, it's so funny. The, you know, but if uh, John Malkovich pulled that prank, they'd say Malkovich is a creep. What is he doing? Um, so not Garrett. And Hannah, I mean, nothing really stuck out to me about her that turned me on. Okay. What? What were you saying? I think you didn't read close enough because she was small. She had big boobs. Yeah. Hips. No, she's hot. But yeah. like, but I, the, listen. The musical theater thing, or you the music—I I can't do dr- drama. I, I can't do that. No, I okay. can't do that. And again, maybe when they're older, but they did both seem sort of annoying because they're young. <laughs> yeah, and so I—I I wouldn't either of them. Yeah, fair enough. But I love them together. They were great. I together. really love them together. I think they're a great couple. And that's the thing too. Sometimes these books, when they're like twenty like 2021 or like red white and royal blue where Mm -hmm. i was like listen you guys are cute together but you are very young yes these two i did feel like they would go the distance in a way that i don't think all other couples will no because they did the work yeah they did a lot of work they did a lot of work in these pages Mm -hmm. without with that with all this side stuff they did do a lot of like personal work with each other which i thought was great and it was a great way too that they um they were catalysts for each other, but neither of them was fixing the other person. No. Which yeah. is great, you know? Are you ready for Goodreads list? Of course. So we had 13 pages of yeah. lists. Yeah. So this is a popular book. This is a very popular book. Cool. Um, a lot of them were repeats. Okay. So I just tried to take out ones that I thought were particularly uh, interesting. So uh, college romance. Slow romance. Did you feel like it was a slow romance? Yeah, maybe. You mean like it took like the, they took their burn. time? Yeah. It didn't actually feel all that slow to me. Not me either, but it was on a lot of like slow burn lists, and I was surprised. I mean, it's not the insta love. No, he. They instantly found each other attractive, but they did not fall in love instantly. Hmm. Um. Oh, we didn't talk about the part where, like, so she's terrified of drinking in public, which makes oh, perfect sense. Oh, yeah. And then he basically is like, well, drinking in public is such a big part of the college experience. I want you to have that. So he agreed to, like, be sober and watch her the whole time, mm-hmm. which was really sweet, too. Just, like, creating a safe space for her to, like, be able to explore and and, and do things. Um, that was very cool. Yeah. And he didn't – she really came on to him when she was drunk and he didn't do it. Good, yeah. Which was – you shouldn't do mm-hmm. anyway. But we've had books where that's happened. And th- that would have been such a betrayal uh, of uh, of her if he did that. But I like that he really had to control himself because they already had mutual attraction. It wasn't like – it wasn't like they uh, had never hooked up or done anything, but he really was like, no, this is the night I was supposed to protect you. I can't do anything. Hands off. And good guy, Garrett. Yeah. He's a good guy. 
And then I liked in the morning when they woke up, she wasn't embarrassed. Uh huh. Because I was worried she was going to be like, oh, hang her head in shame. And she was like, no, I still want to bang him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was cool. It. I loved that. Um, best enemies to lovers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She did not like him at the start. She thought he was just like a hockey player. Like, yeah, dumb jocks. Yeah. Player. <laughs> best hockey romance. It's the only one we've read so far, but I would say yes. Hockey hunks. He was hunky. Yeah, he was hunky. Witty, cute, and sexy male-female adult contemporary romance. Um, They were cute with each other. Yeah. Romance with hero, heroine, are athletes. Yeah, he's an athlete. Funny as hell. Mm. It's, uh, it's your own personal up to interpretation. I'm so. not going to say take it off the list, but I would not put it on my list. Best banter and romance. Uh, no, we've had better banter. <laughs> we've had better banter, but I think they were good at bantering each other. Like you, They're on each other's level. Yeah, like she definitely got a kick out of him and he got a kick out of her, which uh-huh. I thought was cute. Sports romances. Yes. Romance with trauma survivor MCs. Um, yes. What is MC? Do you want me to tell you or do you want to try to guess? Trauma survivor MC. You always try to sound it out first. (laughs) Well, so this is probably dangerous to guess because I don't want to make a joke about it. Will you tell me what it is? You can make a joke out. I mean, we're not joking about them. We're joking about what MC could mean. Okay. um, Trauma survival. Is it related to that? No. No. MCs appear in, in every book. Male. Matt, uh, I don't know. Main characters. Main characters. Okay. <laughs> I'm a little less sharp today because I'm sick. I know. If you could have just seen the look that Clayton gave the wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just pure disappointment. Um, practical heroines in romance novels. She's practical. She is. But why is that something that, I don't know. Why would you make a list for that? Because I think I there's know. like too stupid to live. People are idiots. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, friends to lovers, not YA or high school. Yes. It was new adult, so we're just out of that category. Mm-hmm. Best pretend boyfriend, girlfriend, romance plot. Yeah, I liked it. Best book boyfriends. He was a very he, good yes, boyfriend. Yes, yes, yes. I would agree. Best banter and bicker couples. Mm, again, I understand why it's on the list, but I wouldn't put it on my list. They did bicker a lot at the beginning. Yeah. Best surprising romance. Best surprising romance? I don't know what, what's the surprise that they fell in love. Well, actually, I it was surprisingly tender. Mm-hmm. I think from these two characters and the way they were portrayed at first, I did would not think that they would have such depth and soulfulness. So I was surprised. So I'd say stay on the list. Bargains, bets, arrangements, and wagers. Yes, deals, too. This is called a deal. <laughs> Imperfect heroine, hot hero, contemporary, non-paranormal romance. I don't know why she's imperfect. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's not imperfect. Uh, so, no, take it off the list. Uh, feels like making love. <laughs> I get, Yes, I guess. I, that is so vague. <laughs> That's a bad company lyric. Is it? Yeah. 
Yeah, the song Feel Like Making Love. Oh, I didn't know the band was called Bad Company. Yeah, and they have a song called Bad Company. How does it go? Bad Company. <laughs> till the day I die. <laughs> Bad Company. Yeah. Do you know that song? No. I think, and I might be wrong, there's an album called Bad Company, and the first song on it is called Bad Company. <laughs> the band is called Bad Company. Yeah, so... And Great. the album is Bad Company. It's called Bad Company. Okay. They yeah. just picked a title and they were like, just for everything. Let's just fucking roll with it. Yeah, yeah. Fine. It's a mission statement. What, are they from the 80s or the 70s? 70s and 80s. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the 70s was a wild time for band names. I think they were one of the first, I think they were the first band that Led Zeppelin signed to their label. Wow. Yeah. Come for the romance, stay for the Bad Company I'll facts. probably cut that all out. No, you can't. <laughs> I'm gonna fact check in. it first. <laughs> um, do you want to? You'll cut in here and just be like, actually, the first band that led up. Yeah, it's gonna was. sound like the the recording's <laughs> gonna sound really bad because it's on my phone. <laughs> Outside, there'll be an ambulance. Going yeah, by. yeah, be, yeah. <laughs> so the song "Bad Company" was actually the fifth track, or the first track on the second side, not the first track. So I was wrong. The causes of my messy house, incomplete work, and insomnia, but also my independent children and my happy heart. Oh, sure. <laughs> this book is the cause of your independent children? Yeah, because you're not raising them. You're reading books. They weren't being taken care of, so they uh, they did a Macaulay Culkin. No, I just think they were able to like pour themselves cereal. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sweet and gentle alpha heroes. Yeah. Sure. Uh, do you think he's an, he's an alpha? I think it's hard to have an alpha in contemporary, but sh- sure. Mm-hmm. I guess he's the captain of the team. Yeah. Uh, dis- disinterested heroine hero is obsessed. She's not disinterested. She was disinterested in the beginning, and then he was like really pursued her. And it was for tutoring, but... Okay, but I don't think he was obsessed with her. He no. was really... He needed his grade to come up or he was not going to be able to play. Yeah. So he wasn't obsessed with her. He's obsessed with his grade mm-hmm. and his future. So take it off the list. Best first kiss scene. Wasn't the first kiss that like he was like, well, let's practice kissing. That was it. In his house, she was like, let's practice kissing so that it looks natural when we're in yeah, front of each other. That yeah, was that cool. was great. That, that was, was good. Really yeah. Cool. Yeah. I like that move. That's a trope that I like. That we'll just practice, but then is the they have practice. Feeling. Yeah, mm-hmm. help me practice. That's cool. <laughs> um, books that should be made into movies. It's lifetime movie. Lifetime. Right? Don't you think with this, with yeah. all the soap opera elements of it? Maybe this couldn't be a legitimate Hollywood movie. This could be like a Netflix rom com. Rom com. This not is a very rom-com. dark for rom com. No, but I could. This could be like a Netflix movie. Yeah, I think so. I disagree, but you can stay on the list. Swoonworthy men. Yeah, I I would say so. Yes. And then your favorite, I'd hit that. Oh yeah. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say um, monogamy is. Oh yeah. Or bad boys meet the virgins. But yeah. I guess she wasn't a virgin. No, she was not. Um, and he was he was a bad boy, but not a real bad boy. Yeah. Faux bad boy. 
The puck bunnies. Oh, all the puck bunnies. Which was just like. Yeah. I was like, this is ridiculous. And then I thought back to like when I was in college and I did not go to like a sports school, Mm -hmm. but we had like a good basketball team. And there were girls who were like really obsessed with like sleeping with every member of the team in a way that I found so odd. Really? Yeah. Anyway. What what were they called? Basket broads? (laughs) Yeah. Basket broads. You got it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, all right, Clayton, did you write down your tropes? I did. I hate you. I love you. Fake relationship. Uh, very bad dad. Musical theater heroine. Hockey romance. Sports romance. Sensitive jock. (laughs) Binge watching. And I think he was a sensitive hero. Yeah, he was very sensitive. What were your tropes? I got sarcastic heroine, dual point of view, mutual masturbation. Mm. <laughs> it was a great scene. Yeah. Hero helps heroine over trauma. Sex contract, because they sort of... She asked him to help her have sex so that she could have sex with Justin, even though that really fell apart pretty quickly, but it was nice. Uh, college romance, hockey romance, performer, heroine, a new adult romance, heroine cooks for hero. She makes some lasagna. Oh, that's right. She makes lasagna for the whole team. Yeah. She makes a shit ton of lasagna. Mm-hmm. Uh, bad dads. I can't believe that that hockey house had all of the ingredients for lasagna. That's what I was thinking to him. Like, you had those flat noodles. There's no way they had flat noodles just hanging around. No. She made it with, like, peanut-shaped pasta. <laughs> They Why bought all they? their food at Spencer's. <laughs> Spencer gifts. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like glitter sauce. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Edible paintings for dessert. <laughs> oh, a napkin said you're 50 over the hill. <laughs> and just fake vomit. Yeah. Just fake vomit is place setting. So Clayton, what has you swooning this week? Thank you for asking, Aaron. I... I'm very excited about my swoon. This was actually a book that was mentioned off the cuff, off, off, well, on mic, but off mic, while a plane was going over when we were recording at your guys' house. And it's a book called The Skies Belong to Us, Love and Terror in the Golden Age of Hijacking. I suggested this to you. You did. Brendan, by Brendan I. Corner. This book is so outstanding. I can't even tell you. So it's about, if you can believe this, up until like the 70s, you could just walk into an airport and get on a plane and nobody would ask you any kind of questions. And sometimes you even didn't need a ticket. You could just get on the plane and then pay when you were there. That's how different air travel was. But what happened with this is that during the Vietnam War, there was all these uh, people hijacking planes and and having the pilots fly them to Cuba, and it became an epidemic. And this book is about the skyjacking epidemic and one specific couple that did the longest ever hijacking, so they went the longest distance. This book could not be more in my wheelhouse because I love books about... The 60s, late 60s and 70s, when it was 
political an- anarchy in this country. There was uh, bombings all the time. There was skyjackings. There were all these small domestic terrorist groups popping up. Everyone got assassinated. There was all these assassinations. It was insane. Now, we think the political climate and the world we live in now is so crazy, and it is to us. But if you read about the 70s, it, that was an insane, insane time. Uh, and we didn't know about a lot of it just because we didn't have the nonstop 24-7 news cycle that we we have now. But, God, I it's thrilling, it's interesting, and also just a slice of history that nobody ever thinks about anymore. Uh, so I can't recommend this book highly enough. It's for fans of nonfiction, uh, people who are – I guess it's a true crime, but it doesn't – it's not – about a serial killer or anything like that, but it is for people interested in true crime. I could see somebody doing a podcast that would be super popular talking about this, like a six part podcast about these hijackers. So it's called the skies belong to us. It's a definite must read. Um, I'll let you borrow it. Of course, Aaron, I don't have it with me, but I, I owe you a stack of books anyway. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Next time I go over to your house, I'll bring them so that way Pat doesn't have to carry them on the subway. Yeah, he's very anti-carrying. Well, books. yeah, but he's anti-carrying my books, which I understand. Mm-hmm. You he's burned them. He's had a past history. He's had a past history. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't get that trust back. No. It's all my fault. Yeah. So, Aaron, what are you swooning about? Um, so since we already did a content warning for this episode, I feel okay with recommending this. It is a series on Netflix. Because I love TV, and that's my brand, uh, and it's called Unbelievable. Um, so it's based off of this article that won the Pulitzer a few years ago um, called Unbelievable, A Story of Rape. And it's about um, these uh, two cops who are um, hunting down what they sort of realize is a serial rapist. At the same time, there's a story of a woman who was very young and she was raped. And basically when they were, she was brought in for questioning, they really did a full court press on her and she ended up recanting um, that and saying that she actually was never raped. And the state did sort of a um, uh, unprecedented thing and sort of charged her with false reporting, which normally really doesn't happen. And it really had a profound effect on her life. Um, And so it's a true story, but what I really loved about this, and especially with all of the true crime stuff that's been happening lately, and I do like Mindhunter, but so much of that is about um, sort of like how interesting these people are that do these things. And this was unbelievable. So it's written by um, Susanna Grant, and she's also an EP. She's amazing she wrote Aaron Brockovich that was her big thing but she's a phenomenal writer and so just from like a craft perspective it's excellent as far as like the writing and the economy of the scenes and everything else it's uh, Merritt Weaver and um, Tony Collette who are two absolutely amazing actresses and it centers the victims in such a real way where it is their story And the guy who ends up having done it is so secondary. He's not given any status in the um, in the story, which is the way that it should be. He's not shown as being even particularly brilliant. Um, And it's just such a good series. It's so 
powerful to watch the the first episode against the second episode i think is something that like everybody should watch because you sort of see what um the different ways that the same experience can be handled when it's somebody who sort of takes the time to learn and somebody who doesn't um so yeah i would say everyone should watch unbelievable and it is upsetting and disturbing but it definitely ends on an up um so don't sort of let that scare you but really 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 well done so i loved it cool isn't the young lady from Booksmart in that as well I never saw Booksmart, but possibly. Okay. Caitlin Weaver. The young girl, I think, is Deaver. What's her name? Oh, Caitlin Deaver, then? Something like that. She's excellent, too. The young girl? Yeah. I might be wrong. No, but she's fantastic. So um, she'll be nominated for everything. Honestly, every and what I liked about this, too, is like there's not obviously the rapist is a bad guy and is a bad guy the whole time, but like. Even the cops that are, like, the bad cops are still shown as full human beings. Um, And there are people that within the system that they come across who are nice and do go the extra mile. And there are people who just don't want to and people who pass things off. And it seems like a realistic portrayal of what it is. And, um, yeah, so it's really good. Well, Aaron, where can they find us? <laughs> All right. So you can uh, always email us at learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com. Um, we're on Twitter at Learning Tropes, and we're on Instagram at Learning the Tropes. Um, and then we have our Facebook group, which is the Learning the Tropes Troop, which um, come and join. We always let everybody know early what our books are. So if you are interested in that, the books might even already be there now. So come join us always rate review subscribe you guys are really great at doing that we so appreciate it it's how people find us so um we love uh whenever anyone takes the time to do that and if if you're planning to get married or something like that just (laughs) send us an email uh, heads up so i don't worry about you Mm -hmm. uh you know especially if you're in one of the states that is a lower populated listening group just you know heads up so i'm not you know so I don't embarrass myself. Just make sure when you're getting married to remember us. Yes. First. Oh, yeah. 100%. Not place settings. Not no. where's everybody going to sit. And yeah, things like that. Not like the emotional experience of no. binding your life to another person. Yeah. Just, you know, the, the pod. Yeah. And all podcasts you listen to, just send them a note. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be personalized. They should make those like, instead of like a change of address. Remember you used to have to send out those postcards? Yes. Now send it out to your podcast. Yeah, (laughs) Change in listening pattern. Um, And then so stay tuned. Uh, Next week we are going to be revealing all of our October books. We also have the big surprise coming to you in October that you're going to be really excited about. So definitely listen for that. Do I know this surprise? You do know the surprise. You better know the surprise. I'm not privy to a lot of the information. You are privy to the information. You don't want to retain the information. And that is different. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. (laughs) Bye. Bye.